Welcome to Movie Moments, discussing the greatest movies of all time, plus all the newest films in theaters and streaming. Like us, rate us, share us. Here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. Well, hello again, everybody. This is Mike Rags with my good friend Chuck Curry. And I guess you're thinking to yourself, holy cow, yes, Mike Rags is alive. We are back with a new format of Movie Moments Now podcast. Basically the same, new name, an upgrade, and I am back. And it's good to be back. We've got a lot to do for this podcast. And, of course, download us wherever you're listening. And uh, always get the newest episode. Uh, subscribe to Spotify, all those wonderful places, Apple Plus, so Apple uh the, the podcast and all that kind of fun stuff. You know where to find us. Hopefully you've already found us and we've got a new name. And the one constant in all of this is my good friend, Chuck Curry. Chuck, uh, sorry about my hiatus, but I am back now with a new name. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing really good. Good to be back with you. Well, you know, actually, when you said I'm back, I thought uh, that you were reincarnated as Arnold Schwarzenegger. So <laughs> good to have you back. Yeah, well, it's good to be back. And the music you heard to start the show was uh, some of the themes from Deep Impact by James Horner. We're going to one of the films we'll probably talk about later on in the show because we're going to count down our favorite films from 25 years ago, 1998, um, which Chuck, off the air, full disclosure, had some problems getting to 10. I did. I got to be honest, was not uh, one of my uh, put it this way. It, It wasn't one of those years when I looked at it. That I that I said, oh, this is easy. It's, I had to give some, uh, I don't want to say heavy lifting, but a little bit more deep thought than I wanted to to do. I got to be honest with you, though, Mike. I am it, very very curious of what you have thought of the summer season so far. Uh, what have you seen? What's your opinion on some of the trends, weird trends, I would say, in the in the box office overall? With Warner Brothers hitting a massive home run with. Uh, Bobby and the male, which I've stated many times on this show ad nauseum, the, the you know, the, the male action movie has been somewhat rejected stifled this yeah. summer. And I, and I really want to get your thoughts on that. Well, it started out well with uh, guardians of the galaxy volume four got out of the gate in May and it looked like, okay, maybe everything's going to be back to normal. Uh, but then you throw in fast, uh, 10, um, spider, uh, uh, the, uh, the transformers, uh, the movie you the love, Flash. The Flash, too, and and then even Indiana Jones, which I was a huge yeah, fan of. Indiana Jones, and even to some extent, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning, yeah. which yeah, yeah, performed uh, admirably, okay. but not yeah. what they thought, not even close to what they thought, simply because this weird phenomenon that I've not seen probably since I want to go back to 1989 and Tim Burton's Batman, the year of Batman. Bobby, um, when I first saw the trailer, and I, I know I, I said to you, uh, you know, I didn't really know what to make of it. I, I thought it was sort of like, oh, like, what is this exactly? But I was completely wrong. Uh, clearly, it, it struck a nerve. It was a metaphor, certainly female empowerment. Sure. One, here's the thing, Mike. 1.3, almost 1.4 billion now worldwide for Bobby and Oppenheimer, almost $900 million worldwide. Uh, nobody, I don't think, would have predicted those massive successes of those two films. While these no. other movies like The Flash, uh, Indiana Jones, uh, Fast X, really uh, got sort of pulverized, at least domestically. 
I would say I would throw Mission Impossible in the domestic pulverization as well. But yeah, I would too. it was the juggernaut of uh, Barbenheimer. That's yes. the summer of Barbenheimer, much like Top Gun a couple of years back. You know, cultural uh, last year with cultural phenomenon, which will Bar- Barbie turned into. I mean, in one case, it's very encouraging, right? It's it's a movie that it comes is. out of nowhere, basically, and makes a ton of money. And uh, counter programming works big time. Guys went to see Oppenheimer. Adults went to see Oppenheimer while people and then they would go see Barbie, too. So, yes, because that's because the encouraging media part. sort of implored them. It was sort of fun to see both those uh Films. I I do have a couple of questions for you because I am very interested in your opinion. Superhero movie. Now we all know if we we've lived long enough to understand and study film history. You know, uh, the western sort of went by the wayside. The buddy cop yep. movie, uh, not really uh, m- much anymore. There's been a lot of different genres. The superhero genre, uh, you could say, really launched in a big time way when Iron Man came out. Yes. Yes. Right. Iron I mean, Man yeah, Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah, yep. Tim Burton's Batman. But Iron Man really lit the fuse and then well, it opened the gate to Marvel Studios and the success of so many superhero movies. But I read an interesting article and I sort of agree to a point that Avengers Endgame could be in some way the end. Not I don't believe it's the end, but it is definitely a roadblock to future superhero movies being easy money at the box office thoughts on no, that it, one no doubt about it. it it did so it does now looking back in retrospect it does look like mm-hmm. a bookend right it's it feels it like it feels like the end of a generation the end of an era if that's it and whatever happens from here on out probably won't have that tie-in to um to the that original well i guess universe they call it right but so you know it's just it's it's good i guess because the movie was good but guardians of the galaxy volume three i mean it, it performed pretty well it did it, 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 it did well it came out first in the summer that probably helped a little bit and it took it was a long time since the other one right we hadn't seen this group of people in a while so it seemed fresh again and, and i did enjoy it but at the same time it didn't add anything too new to the universe it doesn't no, you know, i agree with that it it, it, it it's th- that always seemed like a standalone non-marvel kind of a sci-fi action movie. So, uh, but but the other movie, Ant Man, was awful. I mean, the, the latest edition was, was just but, it was overproduced and it didn't make any sense. And it, and it tried to stay that. in that Got universe. It. And it it seemed like the, the they're on their they're on their deathbed here with this with this part of the universe. Will it survive? Will it evolve and change into something else? Probably. Um, but I think we've seen the last of. And I guess we're going to see Marvels right coming up later this year. Yeah, we'll that's see how be that performs. One. Cause it's all female cast, right? So maybe it'll get a little, and, and the original captain Marvel was fantastic. Kind of, it, it kind of it brought a, a breath of fresh air to the, the original Marvel universe a little bit too. That seemed to maybe, maybe waning. I think they just did too many movies, Chuck too often, too big. And, and ultimately we're all going to get burnt out. And it looks like, you know, we might be at that point now uh, time will tell. But you're right. These these big tentpole action movies, guaranteed with a number at the end of it, sequel. Uh, it ain't happening. And I've been crying this for the last five years. Enough with yeah, the sequels. Well, you don't I, have I, to I've keep been on, doing it. I, listen, as much as I love Batman and I love Batman, and, and I've talked uh, very much how highly I thought of the Flash. I thought it was an extremely entertaining movie. I thought Michael Keaton was awesome returning as Batman. That movie deserved to be a big hit, but. I think the, the the issue with it is that people are just tired of superhero movies. And it, it's sort of a bummer 
that Michael Keaton's return as Batman was not embraced uh, the way it should have been at the box office. I do believe people will discover the flash eventually. And most people, I think that watch it will have to admit at least to themselves that it's a very entertaining movie that, that works uh, on a lot of different levels, especially emotionally. Now I just want to point out two quotes. You sent me one from Jessica Lang. The other was one I sent you where uh, Patricia Arquette said, uh, sort of venting uh, at the Writers Guild. She said, all we ever going to get again is a big superhero movie. And I, it, it, when I read that, and I think Variety printed it, I, I said to myself, and I've been saying this, like, at what point, here's a question for you, at what point did an industry that was so diverse in their product yeah. line, which was so successful, because the idea in anything you do when you produce product, you want to be diverse because you don't want to put all your eggs in the perennial basket, right? It's like buying a stock portfolio. You don't buy one stock. You'd be diverse, right? That's the rule of thumb that has always worked through the test of time. So the industry in general had a very nice formula doing diverse movies that appeal to many different people. And the proof in the pudding of the success of Barbie shows that women want to see movies that are about women that have a message about women, correct? Right. Yes. So uh, somewhere along the line, and I believe it was at the height of Avengers Endgame, that the studio said, hey, you know what? We just want to make movies that can make a billion dollars plus. And Mike, that was a just horrendous decision by a lot of people that sub- should know a lot better. I don't know how this played out. That, and then the second one, which you sent me, Jessica Lang, saying, you know, I worked in the 1970s and 80s. Those were great movies. That was when filmmaking was at a peak. How did yeah. we get to this point where this streaming, and I can't That's say the out. word on the air, but I completely agree. How did That's, we get to this well, point that, in time? I think it was a couple of things. It was the emergence of streaming. COVID certainly did not help. I mean, that really was a punch in the gut to to movie studios and 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 developing movies, smaller movies that can be making money on the big screen before it gets. So I think what happens is these writers, producers, and directors find a way to uh, find a streaming platform. And a lot of the great product, a lot of the original product that we would have seen in the seventies and eighties on the big screen, they are being developed into eight episode arcs on Netflix, Apple plus, um, and, and the writers and producers are able to extend that and get more bang for their buck and you'll see stuff like blackbird on apple plus with taron egerton very good with ray leota very good yeah and so that there's an example of that type of entertainment would have been developed into a two and a half hour movie instead they're getting that product they're getting the writer and saying well let's get this over a high arching rock arc because people aren't going to go to this we've trained people to think that that type of quality entertainment is going to be on their streaming service not in their movie theater and that and that even their marketing now i've never thought we'd come to the day chuck where they're strictly marketing only in theaters like you have like that that is just mind-boggling to me that they have to do that now like you're not going to get liam neeson's new thriller uh, until you see Maybe it in the theaters um, but it's it's almost false advertising no, I and, I, and i think I we're it. trained yeah okay yeah. it's only in theaters for now in two weeks i'll stream it so what's the point yeah well, why would yeah, I go here, see that movie? You know, why would I go see my big frat Greek wedding three in a theater when I'm it's going to be on my streaming service here now? I mean, that is here, not here, the type of movie that's going to get me out. 
Right. I mean, here's here's a deal. And listen to this. This is a really interesting fact in how the culture can shift in a very fast way. 2002. Right. My big fat Greek wedding. The first one opens. Mm -hmm. That was a definition of a sleeper. They shot that film for five million dollars. Right. It winds up grossing three hundred eighty million. The theater I'm involved in, Pocono Cinema. That was sold out. That movie was sold out week after week after week. There were the movie went on for months that had weekend sellouts. Okay, this movie part three, which feels like a dump because it really was no marketing campaign because they probably can't afford to market the movie. No, right? No, it's going to open. It's going to open anywhere between seven and 14 million. So let's just say it opens at 10. It'll peter out probably its entire run, maybe 17 to 20 million dollars. Right. So the people who went to see My Big Fat Greek Wedding in 2002 found that something they needed to see in a theater. That psychology is completely flipped uh, 21 years later. Yeah. Uh, Chuck, I don't understand. Like up ahead, you got movie like you saw 10s coming out and Expendables 4 is coming out. I mean, how how are producers looking at Expendables 4 with Stallone and Statham? Well, I think I I don't see that performing well. It is not. I think, think, listen, if you look at the horror genre. But but when they go pen to paper and say, all right, we're going to make an Expendables 4, why isn't there producers and writers in this? Wait wait a minute. We're not going to make money on this. is not going to work. Let's stop this here and develop something else because nobody's going to go see Expendables 4. Is there – maybe there is a – there is well, a not, market know, I mean, plan to make money I mean, on this that I don't know about. Like, mm, yeah, listen, I think the problem, and I've stated this so many times when you've been on hiatus, here's the problem. The problem in the industry is the production cost is just way too high. Movies that used to cost 10 to $20 million to produce have now, now cost $75 million. And then you got marketing costs. So if you don't get, I'll give you another example, and we'll talk just real quick about superheroes real quick because I got some movie news. But like you give example, Blue Beetle, right? Blue Beetle evidently is a $105 million production. It's a DC uh, Warner Brothers movie. It was supposed to go on Max exclusively. They released it in theaters. Why? Because it actually is a really good movie. I thought it was an absolute entertaining blast. I had a great time watching it. I thought it was very entertaining and I highly recommend it. Having said that, the problem with it is it opened at uh, it opened at like uh, thirty something million dollars. It's not a big enough opening. It no. can't climb out of its hole. That's that's the issue. If you don't open to ad, to a minimum of meeting your production costs, because the theater gets half, the studio gets half, you're dead in the water. Because these movies are just too expensive. Right. If you reflect to movies in the seventies when they shot movies for five million dollars and they wound up grossing a hundred million dollars at the box office. That day is long gone. I mean, the issue is the production costs are just so incredibly well, high. And I don't but, know if that's a fixable problem exactly. Yeah, it might not be. But I, I will yeah. say a movie like Air, I mm-hmm. think that that kind of um, production can work. The marketing, how they released it, how it eventually made money. And it's still a great quality movie that could have played in the 70s, yeah. 80s, 90s. And today. I agree with that. So, so I, I really think it ultimately comes down to – and maybe we're going to get a – uh, a repurposing of the industry with this writer strike and 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 what's going on with the guild i really think it's product i really think that the bottom line is you, it starts with the script get the good scripts get the good actors attached to it make a good solid look oppenheimer's a for great di- example you, too I agree, I agree. it's a great script great director great performances people want to see that it's not this nobody wants to see uh you know 
Vin Diesel off flying off bridges anymore. Enough is enough with I, this. I agree. When, listen, you, when we were when we were a little bit younger, you walk into a multiplex, right? And they say there's ten screens. Yes. There's a different type of movie on each screen. Yes. Right now you get a soup the same superhero movie on three of the screens, and then something similar, a high testosterone male driven action movie on two screens. Yeah. It's just not enough. You need movies being produced for women. Where are the comedies? Where are the romantic? They don't make these. When Harry met Sally. Uh, sleep well, but, well, the hangover, just woman. The, the hangover, the, you know, those kind of movies too. I mean, the raunchy R rated comedy, they don't make yeah. them anymore because a, they're afraid probably more than anything they are else. Afraid. You, it, yeah. And it, it's just, those movies appeal. If you released a funny movie, like old school, uh, the hangover, uh, for this new generation of people, 20 year olds, they're going to laugh their heads off and don't care about woke and all that stuff. You're going to make money in spite of yourself. People still want it and i think that but but part of it is the fear of the studio chuck i i just think hope i'm hoping this writer strike there might be something that good that comes out of us but the longer it goes i mean we're just not gonna have any original product now for quite some time we're gonna see more crap get made because that's it was just leftover stuff i we we need this thing to get over and i'm actually more worried about that than than anything else. I am, but having said that, Variety released a uh, uh, or Deadline Hollywood Daily, which is pretty accurate if you if you if you want to be in tune with the world of Hollywood and motion pictures. Stated that the Writers Guild uh, has informed their members that quietly, uh, it's not public, but there are uh, certain entities that do want to come to the table and end this thing. They realize they have to give more to get this strike over. I got a gut feeling. By November, uh, a lot is is going to be resolved, and the domino really is the writer strike. When the writer strike is settled, the actor yeah. strike will quickly yeah. follow. Because I think the actors, in a lot of ways, have done this to support the writers. Yeah. You know, that's a yeah. story for another day. We could talk about a long time residuals and 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 what that is worth in the, in terms of the modern streaming model versus the old network syndication deals. Uh, I think it's a very complex issue, and I think people on both sides got to be realistic about what they want, what they get. But I do think the writers are going to get a lot more, maybe not exactly what they want. But I think this will be solved because if you think about it, Warner Brothers and David Aslav, the CEO, said Warner Brothers has already lost between 300 and 500 million dollars with this strike. That is, and I read that would that would have paid a major a majority. Of the of the writers for for the entire strike. So what is this about? Yeah, I know. And 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 you think about all the gaffers, all this, all the uh, uh, the, the the electricians, all the all the people that work on these that that, that are out of work right now. Uh, sooner or later, the writers got to suck it up. Talk and, shows. And get, I mean, look, the, yeah, the, I mean, the late night talk shows are on hiatus. Yeah. They, they have no guests unless you come out, you know, with with a bunch of circus performers every night, which is not going to do. Uh, you know, that, that, again, it's a ripple effect, uh, that keeps rippling the longer. Well, let's talk uh, some movie news. Give us some stuff here. Some good news. We can talk. I'm going to bounce off this. I just, okay. Joker two, uh, is starting to stimulate, uh, through reports that this will be a full blown. I don't know if it's accurate, but this will be a full blown musical Todd Phillips. And I know you, I know, listen, I love Joker. I know you're you're not as high as it as I am, but it made a billion dollars. Okay, I know. Listen, I know you get Lady Gaga, who's a tremendous talent. Yeah, tremendous talent uh, is playing Holly Quinn. But if they do make this a full blown musical, I mean, 
I can't see the base that showed up to Joker one saying, Oh, I cannot wait to see a full blown musical Joker movie with Hall. I mean, tell me what you think. I mean, it's interesting to say the least. And I wouldn't put it past me with all the people involved that they would do this. I just hope they, they don't pull a rope a dope and they actually tell the people, you know, like this is going to be, I don't want people going in there and thinking it's not going to be a musical. Like what the hell is going on? So I, I yeah, it's interesting to me. I don't know. I'm not a fan of the original. I thought it was, not the kind of movie we needed at the time it came out. I, I respect that. I, still thought it, I, I, I thought the film was brilliant, and I think it's one of the best movies I've seen in the last 20 years. Speaking of sort of the same universe, thoughts on this? Uh, there's a lot of buzz uh, rumors coming out that Matt Reeves, the Batman 2, uh, which will again star Robert Pattinson, is Bruce Wayne Batman. They very might well introduce the character of Robin. Now, Robin also going to be introduced in the DCEU uh which is a uh based on a comics uh comic book robin uh this will be dick grayson robin and batman too i I just i say to myself after seeing the batman with robin pattinson i it feels early to introduce robin but uh they'll probably make it work if they go that route let me ask you something it's interesting because you you wonder why they keep making these movies why they keep going to the well so often and they're you know batman 2 another superman they're they're actually catering i mean at you personally uh, yeah, something like that comes down the pipeline. You mm-hmm. get excited. You, like, you want to see these movies. You're going. Yeah, to see, but, but, so, so I'll explain there, myself. There's explain obviously myself. an appeal because I don't want to see these movies. I don't, but here, you do. Here, so there is a I fan do, base I out there. To, I do to this extent. I like Batman. I want to see James Gunn's Superman uh, legacy. I want to see these movies spaced out. I don't want to see a bunch of, of, of sub superhero movies around the edges. Listen, uh, I like Ant-Man and I love Paul Rudd. I don't think you need to see Ant-Man 3, 4, and 5. See, the problem no. is they just overcooked the product. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's like the reason James Bond is successful and lasted since the 1960s is because you only see one every four years or five years, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So it, 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 uh, there's a saying in life, absence makes the heart grow fonder, correct? And it works with motion pictures. and It works with characters. If, it, it's, if, you, get, well, if you bombard the same uh this this the same genre over and over people will get tired of it and uh and, it, and it's showing much of it it's showing now i mean with all with the fast movies the mission impossible i mean look at the reason why top gun maverick worked because it took 30 years in between movies yes. but if tom cruise was making if that was the seventh maverick movie he wouldn't have had that cultural phenomenon and that's just, why he might that's why paramite paramite you know might have to bite his tongue and realize that Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning 2, this no matter how good it is, uh, it, it might just feel to people like I've been there, done that. And But uh, there's no part it, of you that's like, enough. I don't need it. There's no, what Batman, Batman, a new Batman, there's like, I don't, uh, like, I'm at that point with, all right, enough with this, with the, I get Mission Impossible, I love the series, yeah. but enough. I don't need any more. I get it. I, I, I do get excited for Batman or Superman. I'd, uh, I'd rather just watch the, rest the, of it, the, the, the original Superman. I'd rather watch, I'd go back and just, mm, if I want more okay. Superman again, I'll just go revisit an old one. I don't need a, a new interpretation. That's going to end up sucking and not reaching the expectation that I wanted to. That's all. Got it. Like Let's this go new exorcist it. movie. Are you excited for exorcist? The believer? Uh, I mean, it looks scary as hell, but I don't it, it, I, listen. It, it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting trailer. Uh, you know, I have a buddy who uh, is is very uh, finicky about uh, these properties. And he's, 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 he keeps hopping on me. Is Ellen Burstyn the only person who could help with an exorcist? 
uh, 40 years, 40 something years later. I understand I why saw they the used preview. it because they, they're trying to bridge the original film yeah, to I this know. franchise. They paid a I ton know. of money to do three Exorcist movies. So if you're going to do it, getting a cat, and I, I do believe Linda Blair is in the movie. They're just not publicizing it yet because they want to save that bullet to the close to the release yeah. date. But I bet I got to be uh, honest with you. I saw it attached yeah. to Oppenheimer, right? Yeah. Um, which yeah. it shouldn't have been number one. No. But yeah. um, I would guarantee 90, maybe 92% of the people, there was no shock value to her popping up on the screen because nobody knew what the hell that was going on or wh- no, who the hell she was. Nobody, so, no, nobody knows who are they she playing was. to when they when they throw in? Yeah, Ellen I mean, Burstyn it's not exact. It's not exactly because David Gordon Green is in charge of this right. franchise and directed right. like the, he rebooted so the last. Let's Halloween do Halloween, movies. just like yeah, right, right. But right. Jamie Lee Curtis uh, is is obviously uh, a household name more in the public eye. Yes, they've seen these yes. Halloween Halloween movies ad nauseum. They know who Jamie Lee Curtis and Laurie Strode is. I don't think they a lot of people listen. There's a lot of people in this generation. They've never seen The Exorcist. No, they've seen Halloween, no. though. A lot of most seen Halloween yeah. or one of the Halloween sequels, but they've not seen The Exorcist, uh, which, you know, I'll tell you a real quick stat talking about the success of Barbie. If you count discount inflation, The Exorcist in 1973 made in domestically just in the United States alone in today's dollar, one point four billion dollars domestically. Think about that, Mike. How many people went to see that film? Yeah. Incredible. It really is. Uh, yeah. It really is. Here, All right. Get, I'm, let's I'm let's bounce, blow through some movie news here. Yeah. Quentin, Tar- Quentin Tarantino uh, got a big tax break to film his 10th and possibly final film in Los Angeles. Uh, it's going to be about a 1970s um, movie critic, female. Uh, that will be the center character in this movie. I'm sure there's going to be a, a subplot of interest. Uh, one. You excited about Quentin Tarantino's new movie? And do you really feel it's his final film? No, on the latter, I don't think so. I I highly doubt that. I, I am excited to see him. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was one of the uh, better adult movies that came out in the last 10 years or so. Um, if, if, and a great star power. And I just recently started rewatching some of his old stuff. And I, I'm up to Kill Bill 1 and 2. I just got through those two movies, which in rewatching that movie, neither one of them. I mean, they're okay, but that's besides the I'm not a the fan. Point. I'm not a, yeah. listen, I thought his last film, I thought if, if, if you ask me a uh, Pulp Fiction and I like his last film once upon a time in Hollywood, I thought that was awesome. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge and glorious bastards fan. I do love yeah, that I like that film too. too. I don't like the middle as much. I thought the first act and the last act were pretty, pretty awesome. I do like it a lot still, but I'm, I, for some reason, the Kill Bill movies don't really work. Yeah. They're for not, me. I, I can't, ex- yeah. I can't explain why let's do this real quick this week in, in, in movie and TV history, this week in TV history, uh, 1966 star Trek premieres on NBC, William Shatner, Lennon Nimoy, I believe there were six original, uh, motion pictures with the original cast. And there were, I think four with the generation cast three rebooted cast. Um, your thoughts on the star, star Trek franchise as a whole. I- I was never a fan of the TV series. I was never a fan of, uh, I, I wasn't really a fan until Khan. And then I'm like, all right, this is actually kind of cool. They did a good job. And then the the one with the whales, that was a good movie too. And Spock dying and all that stuff. Um, I do love the reboot with JJ Abrams and what they did there too. I, did, I, I was a big I fan of too. that. 
but I was never yeah. like I, I'm not one of those track. You know, it, it seems like there's a generation that started with Trekkies, and if you're born just past a certain date, you're Star Wars. And I was just always a Star Wars guy. Yeah. I but do I'm get the you. appeal. I like William Shatner a lot. The greatest, one of the greatest skits in Saturday Night Live history is based on Star Trek, Star Trek, and the Trekkies. So I, yeah. I get the appeal to all that and schlock value of it, but I just never got into it. Mm-hmm. So all the movies, some of them are enjoyable, some aren't. I got it. And I still think if it wasn't for Nicholas Myers, Wrath of Khan in 82, that really dead blew on people away after the yeah. original. I, you know, it might have been dead on arrival. I mean, I'm, I'm sure somehow, some way going forward, it would have been rebooted. But the original cast, that might have been a one and done, which would have been Star Trek, uh, the, mo- the, the motion picture directed by Robert Wise. V- visually very interesting, but sort of like watching paint dry. I think you would. Uh, Yes, Agreed. I Here's sat in the front. One. I sat in the front row of that movie. Yeah. Not a good combination. Front row, that movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Terrible movie going experience. Where'd you see it, by the way? Where'd you see it? I saw it at the probably the Stroud Mall. I I would think wow, in okay. Stroudsburg. I think so. Yeah. 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 Okay. This week in TV history, 1987, a show called Ally McBeal with Callista Flockhart uh, premieres on Fox. I was a big fan. David E. Kelly. I thought it was a uh, unique. I thought uh, I, I thought Callista Flocko. I got to be honest. I thought he, she was a fascinating, very appealing uh, yeah. television talent. Now the wife of uh, Harrison Ford. It had a good run. Uh, yeah, you know what's interesting about that show? The practice what, with David E. Kelly, but it was good. What was great about that show was it it revived yeah. Robert Downey Jr. He came, he got out yes. of jail. That was the yes. first thing he kind of did. David E. Kelly gave him an opportunity. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and he it's sang on that show, by the way. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, lot of, yeah, that was good with the dancing baby. Yeah, it was a good show. It's a good show. Here's another one. This, this is more pop culture, but this week in history, TV history, 1986, the Oprah Winfrey show premieres. She did a, a local show, I know, in Chicago, got a national show. I think she was a massive part of pop culture in the 80s and 90s and was extremely relevant uh, culturally. Agree or disagree? Yeah, very much so. I mean, she revolutionized uh, daytime so uh, talk shows. Uh, her and Donahue, and and then she just became well. I mean, uh, you put talk about the top ten American figures in in history. I mean, she might be in it, Chuck. I mean, that's non presidential. I, I mean, that just the, uh, it, the cultural influence she's had. Uh, and I'm, I tell you right now, if she ever ran for president, she'd probably win in a landslide if she really wanted yeah, to. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. It's interesting because there's certain people in our culture over time, right, that had a, that have a connection with the American public yeah. via the uh, television, which is extremely uh, fascinating. Oprah Winfrey would be one. Johnny Carson certainly uh, was 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 another one. They just had there was something about them the way they connected that people trusted them. You know, the, yeah. the, the people that liked them loved them. Uh, and I, well, there's and nobody I like her now. There's nobody like her. Like, obviously, she's still living and doing things. But the, that, yeah. that 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 kind of cultural influence, I mean, we're so, you know, uh, split apart right now. It's not universally loved. Right. Uh, I'm sure there's a there's a faction of our audience that do not like Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, of course. Uh, but but uh, it's 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 just a different world than when she Very started. In 1986, and again, she did everything. I mean, she's yeah. a great actress too. A color purple. I mean, she's done some good work in front yeah, of the sure. camera too, much so. uh, in the movies. So, I, no I doubt about I it. One other thing, I, I, very interesting. In 19 this week in 1965, right? Variety and the Hollywood Reporter place a small ad looking for uh, looking for three young men because they had one already cast three young men to join this other one to form the world's fir- first manufactured boy band. 
which would become the monkeys. They had Davy Jones <laughs> already lined up. They get Mickey Dolan's and the other two. Uh, and, and one, they, they had a, a, created a very uh, successful entertaining TV show. And then these guys learned to perform as a band and were very se- successful in concert tours. Uh, and that's how they were formed. I find that very interesting. I grew up loving the the band and the show and uh, everything they did. I mean, a fantastic show. Uh, that's part of my childhood. Come home from school, the monkeys were Me on too. TV every Me afternoon, too. every daytime afternoon, Chuck. It was. Uh, you know, it's interesting you say that because a memory just popped in my head is of that. And I remember coming half after school watching Get Smart. I love Get Smart. That yeah. was also syndicated. Batman was on too. Batman, Batman was on too. when that's I got home I too. That's how I discovered yeah. Batman. And in terms of, and I said this on another program, in terms of uh, like game shows, I, I used to be a big fan of Match Game with, yeah, with Gene Rayburn and, and, uh, yeah. I lo- I lo- I, and Richard Dawson was the center yep. square. I thought it was pretty, uh, not center square, but he was the the, 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 the main piece of that show along with Ch- Charles uh, Nelson Riley. It was very, very entertaining stuff. And uh, and uh, Jack Klugman's wife, too, uh, Blake Summers. Yeah. Right? She was always on yeah, that, too. Yeah, yeah. and she was really good on it. One, one more before we move on. September 8th, 1960. Uh, we're going way back. Of, this is a yeah, way back machine with Chuck. Jeez. Nationwide release of Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Right, and right. what made this movie, uh, I, and I told a story before on the air. I had a, a friend who was older than me, probably uh, 18, 20 years older than me. And he told me that when he saw Psycho in a movie theater back in 1960, when the movie ended, strangers held hands. Yeah walking out of theater because it's it, it got under the skin to that level now let's be honest today's audience the census audience of 2023 uh this movie wouldn't work the same way but the reason this movie was so effective is because hitchcock took the main character who, who you thought was the main character played by janet lee and kills her off in the shower yep. sequence in the yeah. first act and it's still if you never saw the movie it's still like holy smoke are you see yeah. like this is really happening well, there was no, uh, uh, there was no, t- there was no Twitter too. spoilers, too, right? But, nobody could huh? spoil that on and on Twitter, so right. nobody exactly. knew it was going to come. Yeah, yeah. And and that, that probably was a uh, was was a, a good thing. You got any birthdays of interest? I have one. Um, there's a couple, and I do want to point out too, because uh, we got to get to yeah. 98 here in a second. But the, if you want to yeah. rediscover Psycho, it is on Netflix now, along with a lot of other uh, Alfred Hitchcock movies like The Birds. If you want to check it out and have never seen uh, yeah. Psycho, uh, there was a couple of birthdays. Um, uh, obviously Adam Sandler's birthday is this weekend and he just came out with another new movie, which actually I must say, Chuck, it wasn't that bad. Um, you're so not invited to my bat mitzvah. It's actually not that bad. Got, it's great, sweet, got really good reviews. Yeah. It's a sweet coming of age. His, her daughter, his daughter's really good in it. Um, yeah, and he's really, screen? I heard, he, I heard he, hey, he's not on him. time here. No, he's, yeah, okay. he's got hardly anything and he's, but he's funny okay. in the few, few scenes that he does do. He lets good. her just carry the film and she does, um, Hugh Grant, was another birthday that struck a chord with me because I just watched mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons. I'm like, what the hell is he doing in this movie? But here's a guy who, uh, boy, he stand, stood the test of time, went through a scandal as well, Chuck, and really has is, is done some good work later in life. Uh, Hugh Grant, yeah, well, it, he's, uh, he's uh, what, how old is he now? He's, he's 63, so he is, gr- okay. real good career. Very listen. When he was good, he was real good. Love actually, Notting Hill. He's going to be in about, Oompa, about by a the boy, way, yeah, yeah, uh, in good. the Wonka. Yeah, Battle yeah, he's got yep. these. I don't, I don't like that at all. But uh, me neither. It's a bad idea. And then the only yeah, other I one agree. was it's uh it's it's Elliot's birthday. Um, Henry Henry Thomas is fifty two oh, this weekend, wow. and uh, 
it, you know, here's an interesting career, right, Chuck? Because he comes out of the gate with ET and a cultural yeah. icon, which was uh, obviously 40 some odd years ago. But he's popped up here or there and other stuff, even as an adult. Remember, he's in Legends of the Fall in 94. Yes, and he's, good. He, he's done some yes. good stuff. He's in Gangs yes. of New York as well. So I, agree. Uh, he, I always found him appealing. And the, the show he did, he did that uh, TV series. Uh, the the mid the midnight uh, mass and he did some good haunt, haunting of Hill House on Netflix a few years back too. So I just wanted to bring yeah. him up. Obviously he's he's Very Elliot, good. but he's also had can a I, decent career. Can I tell a real quick story? We did a uh, a uh, outdoor screening in the park uh, in East Strasburg of ET uh, two weeks ago, and I'm watching it and I'm saying to myself the re and I love listen. It's an iconic movie. It's one of the all time greats. But I'm saying to myself when I'm watching it. The reason that movie is so effective, and I don't know how audiences watching movies today would look at it simply because it's like Spielberg holds up his his card and he refuses to show it, meaning yeah. he keeps the mystery through yeah. much of that film. And, yeah. it, and it's, it's movie, not movie quickly paced, especially in the first act. But no, yeah, and, and builds, you don't really even see it. And the payoff is incredible. The payoff's incredible. You don't really incredible. even see an, an adult for most of the film either. It's it's all told from the child's eyes. It, it music, I mean, everything. I mean, it's a perfect movie. It it, it really is. Um, totally agree. But, but, all right, we're gonna get to 1998 now, Chuck. Um, and you know, the one thing I will give it credit for, if we go back 25 years ago, looking at the top 20 grosses of that year, and Titanic was the number one movie of 1998. Just to show you how big a movie that was. Yeah, I mean, it was released in 97 at the tail end. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, but of the 20 movies, top 20 movies of 1998, there's only one sequel, and that's Lethal Weapon 4, which finished just outside the top 10. So, I, so I will give it credit where mm -hmm. there was a lot of original content out there. And let me give you a, a quick run through of my the 10 through six now, right these, now. These are 10 you like. My, my 10. The first uh, 10 through six are sort of movies I enjoy. And the other one are more, a little bit more serious fare, five through one. So well, when I when I speak about something, don't go, oh, well, you're picking that. Yeah, because I, I enjoy it. That's the way I do my lists. Well, I'll tell you my 10 through six. You tell me if any of them made your list. My number 10 is The Big yeah. Lebowski, which really gained a lot more steam than it did in 1998. And it's become basically an iconic movie uh, based on, you know, on my Jeff list. Bridges' uh, 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 performance. Pleasantville was my number nine, a little scene mm. film in black and white. Two teenage good kids movie. go into into the TV. It, really good stuff. Tobey Maguire, Reese Witherspoon, very sweet movie. Rounders is my number eight, a gritty movie about poker with uh, with uh, two great performers. Actually, three great performers. on my list. Yeah, Matt Damon, uh, Ed like Norton, it. and of course John Malkovich is just incredible in it. My number seven is uh, is something that if you watch now, it, it it really resonates, and that's Enemy of the State with Gene Hackman and Will Smith. Mm -hmm. Good action movie about big how hit too. yeah, big hit, and and it really I love Gene Hackman's performance in it. He kind of tips his cap to his old uh, conversation role that he had back yes. with Francis Ford Coppola. I love that movie at fast pace. And, and it really kind of resonates now about this, everybody watching everything you do. And from 25 years ago, it still holds up. And my number six is the Elmore Leonard classic really put George Clooney on the map on the big screen. And that was out of sight because of the sexual chemistry between him. I agree with that. So Jennifer it's an Lopez. excellent movie. It's a really excellent movie uh, in the vein of uh, the Pulp Fiction, just kind of crime drama, real fun stuff. Uh, from George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez. So, see that there, there's five solid movies. They're solid. They're maybe not I, they're classics, solid. but they're solid. And 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 you know, Out of Sight is a movie. Uh, the sort of movie they they really don't make. 
uh, no. anymore because it's not financially bankable. Even if you take two big stars uh, like Clooney and, and Lopez, uh, I don't know how much money it made then, but it certainly I don't think would make much money now. Uh, here's my 10 through six. Uh, my number 10, I, I went with I went with Hard Rain because I enjoyed the movie. I liked the concept. It was really Christian Slater's last forte of being yeah. the lead in a movie. Morgan Freeman co-stars. Uh, it, it's a small town where they flip character uh, m- motivations with Randy Quaid and Morgan Freeman. I thought Mimi, Dri- Mimi Driver was very appealing. There's a really cool scene in a jail cell that I liked. So I, I enjoyed it. It put as my number 10. My number nine, I went with Rush Hour. Really good to see Jackie good Chan. Good movie. Uh, uh, be, 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 get a big American hit. His team in with Chris uh, Tucker was really good. Believe it or not, Mike, this movie made almost $900 million back in 1990. Think about that. $900 million. That's like 1.5 yeah. now. Very successful. My number eight, uh, I went with Halloween H2O because yeah. I think when I reflect on what David Gordon Green did with the reboot of the Halloween franchise, ignoring every installment other than the first one. Uh, I think this movie deserves credit because one, it was in the height of when the screen movies were popular. Kevin, Kevin Williamson, who, uh, who wrote the script to scream, gave story credit here. It was marketed like a screen movie had a really appealing young cast. It was directed by Steve Miner who understood that genre and it's very effective. I remember sitting in a theater, uh, watching it multiple times with a general audience, and they ate it up and had a really good time. So that's my number eight. Number seven, uh, this is a movie where critics uh, pounded it. The the masses loved it. I know what it is. Uh, because, Patch Adams, it's Patch right? Adams. Yeah, yes, Patch yeah. Adams, because uh, Robin Williams plays this guy who is suffering from depression. He's in a mental ward, uh, has an epiphany, wants to re re-energize his life and become a doctor, goes to college, medical school, doesn't like the way things are done, tries to preach his own way of doing it. It fits into Robin Williams' mannerisms and, and, and his talent. Listen, if you put this movie on the big screen and I sat in the back by myself to watch it, I'd enjoy the heck out of it. Monica Potter, I, I thought would become the next Julia Roberts. She's very appealing. Never happened. Uh, yeah. I like the film. I like the film. So that's my number seven. And my number six is Deep Impact, a movie that has, to me, tremendous rewatchability. Kim comes out the same year as Armageddon. Uh, now, listen, I liked Armageddon, a comet coming toward Earth movie. was more bombastic and action-oriented. Deep Impact, directed by Mimi Ledger, who did a lot of the ER episodes directing. She did a great job making this movie character driven. Tia Leone, I think, is fantastic in this movie. Morgan Freeman is the president. The emotional power of it still resonates uh, to this day. I think the script and the direction have made this movie stand the test of time. Uh, it does not feel like a movie from 1998. It's still very good, highly worth watching. That's my number six. Well, let's uh, talk about that. And good list. They're, they're all solid movies. I wasn't a big Patch Adams fan, but they're all solid movies. Let's expand on Deep Impact a little bit more because it's sure. my number four on my list, Chuck. Okay. And I think for me, and we grew up in this in this genre, right? This Of all yes. the 70s movies, 80s, two, and two, this in 1998, 
Deep Impact for me, so for some reason, has some of the most rewatchable scenes of all oh, these movies. Like Deep Impact is as rewatchable as Towering Inferno and Power and Poseidon Adventure. Some of these mm-hmm. other disaster movies aren't, but for some reason, and I think a lot of it has to do with the guys that lead the way, and that's Morgan Freeman and Robert Duvall. You get them saying the words that are pretty well written in an action yeah. movie, uh, uh, a disaster movie like this. And Maximilian Shell is a father. And very good, and, and Vanessa Redgrave too. Emotionally. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 they don't pull any punches. Uh, some yeah. of the stars live, some die. Um, yeah. uh, the the score by James Horner is haunting. Excellent. Uh, it's Excellent. really good. And and by not pulling any punches, too, the special effects of the 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 actual smaller meteor hitting it all works. It, it, oh, I, I, I don't know. And, and listen, Elijah Wood and Mimi Sebesky, who's the sister of of uh, Helen Hunt, very good. Their 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 arc is is. Very satisfying yeah. also. On it's an very satisfying. Level. It's a very satisfying movie. Um, that's why I put it at number four, a little higher uh, than yours. My number five is the funniest movie of the decade, maybe. Uh, and and uh, there's something about Mary. I mean, it's the best movie by the Farrelly brothers. It, ben Stiller really took his career to another level. Cameron Diaz with an iconic scene. Uh, Brett Favre that's even my pops up in this. Also. It, this movie is, is an hysterical movie. They Now, look, watch it today. And where we're living in the society we're living now, a lot of these jokes might punch you in the gut and and you'll cringe. But this is a very funny movie, Chuck, and it can be watched over and over and over again. I think the the appeal for me. It was a huge hit. It was a huge, huge listen, hit. It was yeah. done. It, it was a huge hit. And what it is, it's 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 it dares to be ballsy. Uh, yes. It dares to ed- have edge, and it dares to make people offended and I, mean, I think uh, why it's and it makes people laugh yeah and i think why it I works know. for the farley brothers too is because in the heart of it there's actually a love story here there's yes it's a romantic comedy so that most of their other stuff like kingpin and just out just wacky crazy well, stuff let me they ask keep, a question did you keep their wackiness did, contained did you see champions which is directed by yeah, Bobby Foley with, with Woody? I, I mean listen i i, I enjoyed it it's not at that level uh, of something about Mario, some of their better work, but I, I did enjoy I just, it. And, and it yeah. was funny when I watched it. Cause I went to a the, I went to the theater. We, we, that I, I'm involved in, we booked it and I sat in the back row and I watched it with my daughter. And I, I did enjoy the fact that it dared to have some edge and you don't, yeah. you need edge, you need yeah. edge, bring back edge. What's your number four? Cause that was um, my, my number four yeah. was deep. Impact. My number four is a big Lebowski, a movie that has gained a cult following. Listen, I, I'd argue that John Goodman, uh, is a yeah. is is a national treasure. Everything he's been in, he's elevated to a higher level, and it's a really good pairing of Goodman and, and Jeff Bridges. I mean, these are two guys that can do no wrong. We did a revival of it in the beginning of the year, and I sat down and watched it, and I enjoyed it just as much as I did uh, back in nineteen seventy. So funny. that's my number it's four. A funny, yeah. Yes. My number three movie, Chuck, is directed by Sam Raimi. I read the Me book. Me too. That's my number three. A Simple Plan is a fantastic movie about what would you do if you found a bunch of money in the middle of nowhere and you'd share it with your brother who's just a little slow and your wife wow. who gets a little greedy. And Bridget Fonda, fantastic performance by her. But this is really uh, Billy her. Bob Thornton and 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 Bill Pullman. Fantastic. But Billy Bill Bob Paxton. got nominated too uh, for, yeah, for Bill his Paxton. performance. Bill Paxton. Sorry, Bill Paxton. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just a, a great story. Um, and, and it is one of those movies while you're watching, like, geez, I wonder what I do at this point, And at this point, and at this point in the film and, and it escalates, and really smaller and it escalates, Sam Raimi and stuff. Escalates. Yeah. And it just escalates out of control. Um, and, it, and, 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 uh, it, and it makes you wonder why a director like Sam Raimi doesn't do more movies like this. I mean, yeah. obviously he's known for the first, uh, three Spider-Mans 
uh, and and he, he came back recently with the the Doctor Strange too. So he's you know he's he's a very talented guy, and obviously the Evil Dead movies he's well known for. But you know I didn't see a simple plan in a movie theater. It's a movie I discovered on uh, probably VHS. Yeah, back yeah. in the day, it's one of those movies that you discover and you go, you know what, this is a really good movie. So yeah, good, like you, that is my number three. Good tight drama. I think our top three is probably the same because I got Truman well, my Show. My number two, my my number, am I up? Oh, you. Oh, I was going to say, I thought Truman Show would be your number two, but you're telling me it's it, not. It's not. My number two is Rounders uh, because I like the pairing. I do like the pairing very much of Matt, uh, uh, Matt Damon, Damon and, Matt, yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 um, Ed Norton. And it makes you wonder because in, in Ed Norton in the same year, which just was outside my list, American History X, right? Yeah. Like I say to myself about Ed Norton, and I love him in the Spike that Spike Lee movie, The Hundred Hours, right? Yeah, is it Hundred? Yeah. Oh, oh, the Twenty Fifth Hour, something like. Okay, Twenty Fifth Hour. Like, yeah. What happened to Ed Norton? Like, I, I know he's a little off center, and he didn't get along with uh, the studios because he always wanted to take control of the projects. But clearly, he was a very talented actor, uh, an interesting person. I've seen him on talk shows. He appears fairly normal. Like. He's done such good work. This is a, an example of rounders of really good work. Uh, John Malkovich is also in in this movie. Uh, Fantastic. It's a good film, solid film. Yeah. And you say to yourself, like Ed Norton, like what how he didn't materialize as the next Robert De Niro. He no. started that way, he didn't end that way. No, I was in Glass Onion, I guess, this year, right? He played, but nothing, yeah. nothing ever. He was the Hulk, but just for one movie and probably for yeah, a reason. And he, and he blew that opportunity because. Yeah. You know, he, he was too much. Control Some people are just too set. much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my number two, I'm surprised the Truman show is not on your list anywhere. I'm a huge fan of this movie. And especially now, if you take what, you know, consideration yeah. where we are now in society, yeah, where it's everybody provoking. Yeah. Everybody's in front of the camera. Well, this was way before that, where everybody yes, watched agreed. one person. It was almost a, a it almost was like a, a glimpse into the into a, a, a you know, what were we going to become? And believe me, Chuck, this movie works on a lot. Ed Harris is fantastic as the villain in it. Uh, but th mm -hmm. this is one of this is the most appealing movie for me for for uh, the lead star and Jim Carrey. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of him, but I think me he's neither. fantastic. I, 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 think Laura Linney. I think he's I think he's excellent in this movie, and I think he's excellent as Andy Kaufman and Andy Kaufman on Man in the Moon. I'm not a, a lot of the comedy. I like Liar Liar, but like Ace Ventura, please. Like, I, mean, I, I can't take it. I think this movie contained him very well. And it, it just, yes. it, it was a great topic, a good sci-fi movie too. And let's face it. Some of those flat earthers out there actually think we are kind of living in a, a Truman show. They think that at the end of the, 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 that the sky is fake and that there's someone changing mm. the light. I mean, but it is a very thought provoking with a very funny, yes. uh, ending. Listen, maybe, maybe we live in a matrix. I don't know about a flat earth, but yeah. yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so, but it's a very interesting film that plays today because of the world we live in today. Uh, who would have thought that everybody would become a star, not just one person that we'd have to watch over and over and over again. And I think there's no surprise to what number one is because we've had no. shows where we talk about the greatest war movie ever made. Um, yeah. and I think 1998 became more famous because save it private Ryan didn't win in 99, the best picture of the year, but save and private Ryan is by far, this is a very top heavy list. This is by far the best movie of 1998. Save it private Ryan is fantastic. Now I, I remember seeing that opening day, there were a bunch of veterans in the audience and it was a very powerful experience. And the reason it was powerful because Spielberg, Held nothing back. I mean, the 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 the, the first twenty five minutes are, are just unbelievable. Is, 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 yeah. It's all there. 
I mean, yeah. and it's all there. And, and then Tom Hanks, you could say, really defined himself as a Jimmy Stewart of our generation in this film because it's a very um, it, it's a very central role in the fabric of America's mor- morality. Would you yes. say that's an accurate yes. assessment? Yes. Yeah. And he's awesome it, in it. And and uh, everybody's awesome in it. Some gritty stuff. And and just the, the power of the two words that he gives to Ryan at the end of the movie before. I mean, I don't want to give too much away. Obviously, there might be people who haven't seen it. But the two words of dialogue that he utters to – I mean, just think about that, uh, the weight of those two words. And, the, and then and after sitting through two and a half hours and then you hear it and then you see what happens to this character of Ryan, uh, it's just yeah. overwhelmingly – And listen, it might, it might be the best thing Tom Sizemore has ever done. Oh, let's face it. Yeah, it might, right. it, look, you might say that for everybody involved. I mean, as much as I love Steven Spielberg, when you go back and look at all his movies, I mean, just yeah. some of the great uh, filmmaking of all time. And John Williams' score is very underrated in this film as well. Uh, it, it's just by easily, it's not only the best film in 98, uh, one of the 10 best of the decade, the best war movie ever made. Um, it, it just, it stands alone and it was easy to pick uh, in the top 10. I would agree 100% with that. I'll run down the list real quick. Big Lebowski, 10. Pleasantville, 9. Rounders, 8. Enemy of the State, 7. Out of Sight, 6. There's Something About Mary, 5. Deep Impact, 4. Simple Plan, 3. Truman Show, 2. And, of course, Save It Private Ryan at number 1. My my number 10 was Hard Rain, number 9. Rush Hour, number 8. Halloween H2O, number 7. Patch Adams, number 6. Deep Impact, uh, number 5 was the same as your number 5. What was your number 5? Uh, something about Mary. Yes, yeah, something about Mary. My number four was Big Lebowski. Number three, Simple Plan. Number two, Rounders. And number one, unequivocally, Saving Private Ryan. I, I almost feel like watching it now when we hang up uh, yeah, this broadcast. It is something else. There's no doubt about it. All right, Chuck, good to be back on board again. Thanks for listening to Movie Moments. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, Mike. To the audience, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Movie Moments with Chuck Curry and Mike Rags. Download and listen to an archive show or be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts to hear our new episode. by Federated Media.